Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Jesus said, Concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the, ru- the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Christ. Please be seated for the hymn of the day, 332, Savior of the Nations Come. Our lesson for the first Sunday of Advent comes from the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, which is quite a way to start off the beginning of the church year. You think Advent, we're going to talk about the preparation for Jesus to be born, to become incarnate of the Virgin Mary. We will but not this first week. We're going to begin with the end. And so Jesus tells us that concerning that day and hour, the end, the last day, when will it be? No one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Very confusing, right? Jesus is clear to us, clear to his disciples on that mountainside, that the return of the Son of Man to raise all flesh from the dead, to judge between who will live forever and who will go to damnation for eternity, no one knows when that will happen. Only the Father in heaven. But now, Jesus Christ, the Son as well. For he is seated at the right hand of the Father, knows all things, and can be in all places, and will be here again shortly. But when, Jesus? When will you return? When will you come back? This roof be torn off? 
Hopefully it happens while we're at church, but it probably will happen when you don't expect. When you're, of course, doing things that you're ashamed of, when you are not prepared, when you feel too busy, when you feel tired and just want to turn off your brain, that's when Jesus will, t- will return, for that's what he says. When you least expect it. But when, Jesus, he's clear to us. No one knows. And I like to think that the Father did not reveal that to the Son at this point in history so that he could be honest with them. We know Jesus in John says, everything that my Father has made known to me, I have made known to you because I love you. You are my brothers. You are not my servants. You are my brothers. I lay down my life for you. And there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for their brother. Yet, though we don't know when Jesus will return, we must be ready. We need to stay awake, is what Jesus says, because we don't know when he's coming. We only know that he'll come like a burglar in the night when you don't expect Despite Christ's clear instructions, many false teachers have taken a crack. In 1000 AD, Pope Sylvester said, Jesus is going to return because it's been 1000 years since he was born. But it didn't happen. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, he said Jesus would return in 1836. Jesus did not. Tens of thousands of Seventh-day Adventists eagerly awaited October 22nd, 1844, all across America. Because William Miller, their leader, said Jesus would return that day. But he didn't. Joseph Smith, the founder and leader of the Mormons, told his elders that Jesus appeared to him and said, Joseph, when you turn 85 years old, I will return. Instead, in the summer of his 39th birthday, while he was in jail for polygamy, Joseph Smith opened fire on the townspeople of Nauvoo, Illinois, and then jumped out the window ending any hope for Jesus returning on Joseph Smith's 85th birthday. And finally, the Jehovah's Witnesses said that Jesus would come in 1874, but when he didn't, 1875, then 1878, and finally 1914, before they threw in the towel. All of these people said that they knew when Jesus would return, But Jesus did not. For Jesus warns us, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, who we are to be like, know when Jesus will return. Don't even guess, Jesus says. The time of Advent is often thought to be the time when Christians celebrate the coming of our Messiah, Jesus Christ, as a human baby come to make peace 
between heaven and earth. It's why we omit the Gloria and Excelsis, the seemingly long-feeling song that we sing towards the beginning of the service. Instead, we sing a psalm today. It is, Advent is a memorial of that time, that blessed time so long ago, but it's also time for us to celebrate his coming in the word and sacrament each week, each day in your home. It's also a time of preparation, of fasting and penance like Lent as we return or as we wait for Jesus's second coming when he will raise and, and judge the living and the dead according to their faith. Jesus never told us when. In fact, he was adamant about telling us he did not know himself. But now we know he knows, and that's a great comfort. For in the last page of Revelation, the final book of the Bible, Jesus says, Behold, or wake up, I'm coming again soon. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Jesus. You're coming again soon. When, Jesus? Soon. Not knowing simply means it's mysterious. I was talking with a member here about this the other day. Sometimes not knowing is fun. Not knowing what you're going to get for Christmas is fun. And what makes not knowing what you're going to get for Christmas fun, the promise that there will be a present, right? It's not fun if you know there's not going to be presents and you don't know what you're going to get. But we know that Jesus will come again. We know he will come soon. All we have to do is wait. Socrates calls not knowing a great comfort. Why? Because it says that you're beginning a great journey of discovery. Is this why Jesus has kept his return a secret? So that we can guess at it and maybe have fun, like you're betting or something? Maybe Jesus will return on this day. Oh, he did it. Better luck next time. No, I don't think so. For the Christian, not knowing or mystery is very sacred to us. We have two great mysteries, baptism and the Lord's Supper. We just don't know how it happens. We just have simple trust, faith, that these things affect faith that they grant forgiveness of sins, that the word plants faith in the hearts of unbelievers and breaks the rocks of unrepentant, stubborn hearts. It's a, mis it's a mystery. It's the beginning of faith, trust that what God says will happen, will happen. Baptism now saves you, he says. We trust that salvation happens. This is my body. This is my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. 
simple trust that we will receive those benefits. He who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Simple trust in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, and we are saved. And sacred respect for these mysteries leads to love for God and for our neighbor. And so Jesus says his second coming will be like the days of Noah. The days of Noah weren't good. People were eating and drinking and getting married. Quite the understatement, right? We know from Genesis that uh, what they were doing in the days of Noah were so terrible that it says right there in Genesis in the Bible, God regretted creating people because they were so terrible, awful to one another and to the Lord that he regretted making people. But Jesus is very nice. He's excusing their behavior for the time being. He wants to point out that they were simply living their normal lives and routines. The people were simply living their normal lives. They were unaware. They were caught up in the busyness of their lives. And what happened to them? The flood came and swept them away in judgment except for faithful Noah, his wife, and his children and their wives. When are you unaware? Do you find yourself choosing to disengage, to turn your brain off, to, be, to go into a trance? You might even see your kids on a computer or a tablet and say, oh my gosh, They're in a trance looking at that thing. Have you asked yourself, why do I do that? Why do you feel the need to turn your brain off? In the scriptures, the beloved apostle says that the devil prowls like a roaring lion ready to devour you. If Jesus says he will return when we do not expect like a thief in the night, then why am I, why are you distracting yourself? Why am I not paying attention? Why are you opening your heart to evil and not the return of your Lord? In one of the most legendary films of American history, the titular character, Joe Dirt, is your average American underdog. He likes hard work. He wants friends. He wants love. He wants to have a family. He's all of us. But no matter where he goes, he's laughed at and bullied. Through the mockery and the punches, Joe Dirt always asks his bully, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? 
The next time you catch yourself distracted, whether by the busyness of your life, the show that you're watching, the website you're scrolling, and how long you're doing so, ask yourself, is this where I want to be when Jesus comes back? Pause for a second. Pause for a moment. Think of Jesus Christ, your favorite image of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's him on the cross in the church that you grew up in. Maybe it's that painting of him as the good shepherd leading sheep. Maybe it's him with his hands open wide. Think of Christ. Think of his momentary return. Could you invite him to do whatever you're doing as your honored guest? Could he bless what you're doing? Could you ask him to bless what you're doing? Because the truth is, as Paul tells us today in Romans, Jesus's return is nearer to us now than when we first became believers. No matter what that date is, How can you ask Jesus to cast off those works of darkness, to guard your heart, to help you not give in to your desires, to instead put on the mind of Christ? We hear a call in the beginning of Isaiah today, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. We set our minds on things above and not below. Like the people living in the time of Noah, despite a day of great judgment approaching, we go on with our normal lives and routines. We must We must go on with our normal lives. We eat, we drink, we marry, we give in marriage. Only this time, unlike the people in the days of Noah, you have the assurance of your standing. On the last day when Jesus returns, by your faith, you will stand You won't be knocked down. You won't be swept away if you have faith in Jesus Christ. Constantly repeating your routines without inviting Jesus makes them boring. Let them be interrupted by your Savior Jesus because you love him, because you look for him in your hour-to-hour routines, when you're at the bakery, when you're cooking dinner, when you're throwing your kids into the car to go to school, when you prepare a tax return, when you pour a glass of water and you're waiting and you just can't wait for the water to fill up your glass because you're so impatient. Look for Jesus there. Talk to him. Invite him to do it with you. If you have faith in him, his second coming is for you. It's good. So look for him always. 
Jesus has prepared for you for his second coming a baptism, blood-washed robe of righteousness that clothes you, that covers your sins, that makes you beautiful, prepared for his final day. And so, keep awake. Keep your robe on. Put on Jesus Christ. Watch for him in all that you do. For you do not know when he'll return. Thank you.